welcome to Modern Anarchy, the podcast featuring real conversations with conscious objectors to the status quo. I'm your host, Nicole. On today's episode, we have Ebony Holloway join us for a raw and vulnerable conversation about healing and dealing. Together, we talk about emotional integrity, internal versus external processing, and embracing growth even when it hurts. Anyone who listens to this episode is just going to see the emotional maturity and strength that Ebony has in sharing her story. She is extremely vulnerable and honest about the difficulty and the joys of growing. And I know you mentioned wanting to be a light to other people and you are that person. The positivity, the energy that you bring even in creating this space with me, it was palpable. So don't change, keep doing what you're doing, keep growing. Everyone, you're really going to enjoy this episode. Ebony has so much wisdom to share. And since it is the third Wednesday of the month, I am releasing the May bonus episode for the Modern Anarchy Patreon, where I answer all of your sex and relationship questions exclusively for the Modern Anarchy family. Today's letter comes from Cassie in New York, who writes, Dear Nicole, I love this podcast and thank you for doing this. I've been binging the episodes and different ones have given me clarity on this experience I am writing to you about today. I wasn't sure who I could talk to about this, so I appreciate you creating this space. I'm 26 and have never had an orgasm. I find this to be rather embarrassing and something that I don't tell to my new partners. I have always just faked an orgasm so they feel better, but I am ready for change. How do I actually start orgasming? Thank you for all that you do. Signed. How do I do it? Question mark. Thank you, Cassie, for this letter. And yes, ready for change. Hell yes. Cassie, you deserve immense pleasure in your life. And I understand the desire to fake an orgasm so that we can people please and all that sort of stuff. But damn, you deserve to have an orgasm, Cassie. You deserve pleasure. And we are going to make that happen. I know it can be hard to talk about these things with other people. There's a lot of taboo, embarrassment. So I'm really, really thankful, Cassie, that you're bringing this into the open. And I promise you that you are not alone in this. There are many other people out there who have yet to have their first orgasm. And if I can change anything, it's going to be closing the orgasm gap, specifically between women and femme-presenting individuals compared to men, y'all. We are going to close that gap. So if you want to hear my full response to Cassie's question and connect with the Modern Anarchy community, then check out the Patreon link below. 50% of all the pledges every month go to a different mutual aid to actually take action and make a difference in the world around us. So if you feel called to support not only this podcast, but also the movement, then check out the Patreon link below. Otherwise, y'all, enjoy this episode. How are you? Fine, how are you? Oh, good. I think... <laughs> it's a gloomy day. It is a gloomy day, which hits me hard. And I also was laughing this morning because I was like, damn, okay, so last time I recorded with Ebony, I was going through a breakup. And then we got back together and then we broke up again last Sunday. So I was like, I was like, oh Lord. Right this, on time. Yeah, it was like cosmic timing. Ebony's coming back. I'm like, we broke up again. <laughs> I think the universe is funny like that. So <laughs> I think so too. Yeah. It's a hopeful energy though. I'm yeah. for it. Yeah. Yeah. How are you feeling? Your energy seems a little different than last time. Yeah. I'm just you know how it is with relationships uh, me and Morgan are fighting so you know that's just you know <laughs> lowers the vibration a little bit but oh when we recorded last time uh no this time oh that's probably why it's different but also yeah. I was sick last time yeah I hope there's more energy sure because sure, I, sure, I was sure. I ended up getting pneumonia so that's oh. what oh yeah I remember you saying year. that yeah yeah okay fat cat are you gonna sit or attack me what's the vibe <laughs> Is, every time I'm like just come sit 
and then she just bites my arm and then leaves. Okay. Okay. I don't understand cats yet. They are their own spiritual beings. They're on their own journey. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry they that are. you're fighting right now. That's wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, you just got to work through some things. Yeah. And, and then it'll be for the better because. Right. It's a part of the whole relationship thing. And the two of you live together. For... Yeah. Which yeah. makes it a little tougher. Well, yeah, because yeah, she's right there. Like, get out of my face. Go in the other room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 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 Yeah. yeah. So there's more space now because my sister moved out. So there's more places for us to go when we get into nice. our guests. So yeah. that's a good thing. Nice. 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 Yeah. Then you have that space to kind of like decompress and recollect yourself before you go back to the other person, which is good. Ding, ding. Yep. <laughs> yeah. 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 I know when you had mess- messaged me about recording again that there was a couple of things that you wanted to talk about specifically. Oh, yeah. My journey to being, you know, the most open that I can be. Yeah. And also embracing growth, even though it hurts. Mm-hmm. Um, it has come from just all of the things that I have had to deal with and just face in my life. Yeah. So it's just um, things that I think people should know because, like, I don't know, you, they see me on social media and I try to make like, when I make like reels and things, I try to make them actually real reels. <laughs> yes. You know? Amen to that. Um, so that, you know, like, Hey, like, yeah, um, we get into fights uh, with like our significant others and we talk about things or whether it is that you're going through trauma and you're trying to, you know, cope with that. Also go mm-hmm. through the things that you need to do in order to heal. Right. So those are the things that, you know, I really wanted to actually like touch on and, show up as a person who's like healing and dealing yes 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 first I just want to say thank you for that vulnerability and the willingness to talk about those things I I love real reels that's exactly what we should want to do right is show people like the full experience of what it means to be human good and bad right or even even that's like a judgment call on it right but like just all of it and what it means yeah Mm -hmm. As it comes. Exactly, exactly. Where would you say that journey begins for you? I think for me, the journey begins when I'm four years old. Oh, wow. Okay, wow. Yeah. yeah. So I've spoken about it a little bit on my platforms um, about being a child of sexual abuse. Mm. So that really put me on a trajectory of what I did with my life and how I see myself because in trying to cope with those things that happened to me and um realized even not then like that it wasn't my fault but I really leaned into art I really leaned into um creative expression Mm -hmm. in order to focus my attention somewhere else but also like be able to speak and be heard side of type of thing to create a voice for myself Mm. so I really leaned in I was a studio arts at first and then as I got older I got a hold of like music mm. and I started doing that. And um, I really love gospel music because it's just, um, it's really just like a music of hope mm. um, and mm-hmm. endear- endurance and just like yeah. really keep going. And it's, it's a way to uh, put the pain that you have somewhere else too, mm-hmm. and figuratively, even if it's in someone else's hands, Certainly. you know, so that you, your hands are free to like, do what you need to do every day instead of holding these things because you shouldn't hold it (laughs) yes yes a way of being able to communicate your experience in ways that aren't necessarily words you know it's it's music drawing other ways to communicate to other people about your lived experience that are really powerful Mm -hmm. and meaningful that people can actually feel Mm -hmm. because music and art really connect us because Mm -hmm. everyone's able to hear it and then everyone's able to feel it yeah so that's an easy way yeah um and then just like the experience with uh my parents and um the abuse I endured from that mm. just from them being just emotionally immature yeah. um so it's just the things that negatively affected me because of those experiences I had to one break out of it and bring myself back to myself after even just like leaving that situation because I got kicked out when I was 19 mm it was a long journey of trying to not internalize it. Of course. But I had to get through my phase of overworking and Mm -hmm. keeping myself busy, working two jobs uh, more than I needed to in order to survive. So 
the jets just to keep me from thinking I, and that's what mm. i'm just like okay don't want to sit have to do so it's a journey to um, learning how to rest as well uh-huh. and it was negatively affecting my relationship all of these things that um, i had encountered in my life um with morgan when we were first starting dating and that's mm-hmm. when i actually went into therapy mm-hmm. because it was just becoming too much um for her even yeah and that's where I really was able to start opening up as well, which is why I, on my platforms, I push therapy. I push uh, for people to actually go yeah. because learning about yourself, one, letting go of the things that are keeping you from being yourself. It really has opened me up and let me be who I am and become like happy again. Mm. So that's what I really want for others. So yeah. I really want to push that and like make it accessible and say that it's not like something that someone's going to go and judge you with. Like it's she, that person is really there in order for mm-hmm. you to help process. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. a judging match, you know? Right. Yeah. And then exactly. And I hear from some people that they're like, you know, well, I'm not suicidal or I'm not other things. Why would I go to therapy? You go before that exactly. <laughs> go before you're there <laughs> yes 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 that we want to it I mean I go to therapy too right like this I'm still in therapy it's this process of how can we learn to better be in relationship with ourselves so we can show up better for other people how can we learn about you know the things in our past that shape and show up in ways that we're so we can become more conscious of it when it does show up and so that we can make a change right mm-hmm. yeah so that we're not just uh, reacting, exactly. we actually are able to respond. Yes, yes, eh, that's the that's the tough part. Exactly, not taking things personally. Exactly, but also knowing how to use your voice. Yeah, so it's just like a whole. It's a whole thing that's mm-hmm. more than just like going to uh, financial counseling once you're already bankrupt. I don't know. <laughs> yes, <laughs> well, right, you exactly. Know? That's kind of what people say. Yeah, exactly. Like, should I get a financial cou- uh, counselor once I'm bra- bankrupt? And it's like. Well, maybe like a little bit before that, we might be able to prevent this if we start. Yeah. Yeah. Preventative methods, like even at the regular doctor, you know, your PCP. Preventative methods so that you don't just go into the hospital Mm -hmm. and pay those big bills. Mm -hmm. Exactly. We catch it when it's small. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And that's why I think it's so beautiful that you're sharing your story about what therapy has done for you to be like this mode of healing for you. Because I think that is exactly what will bring about this future is people like you, people like me being like, yeah, I go to therapy and it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Just like you feel refreshed, you know, you Mm -hmm. um, are able to. And then sometimes it's you do get beat up a little bit because like you're (laughs) just like, oh, wait, you're right. I I did react to that. And um, I made I made us fight about that. Oh, man. Now I got to go apologize. It's fine. I don't want her to feel bad. So like I have to, you know, like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. learning to confront ourselves. It's almost kind of like a mirror, right? The mm-hmm. psychologist holds up that mirror and says, here's what we're looking at. And then you have to yeah. be willing to look back at it and be like, oh no, wow. Yeah. Some of these things <laughs> I love, some of these things I don't. Where do we want to go from here? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. It's just yeah. like, okay, didn't want to hear it, but um, I'm glad that um, it's it's here showing its ugly face so that I, you know, I can change it and create a more happy life for myself and everyone else who, you know, I interact with. Exactly. Yeah. Was that the first time you started therapy was recently when you were in the relationship and having these dynamics or were you able to get support when you were younger? Oh no, I wasn't able to get support when I was younger. Um, Mm. It was like, that's why I leaned so hard into like my art and I um, love building things. So yeah. I was always like crafting something um, because I just needed a place to go that wasn't inside my own mind. I have like a huge imagination. So like I, I just was always doing creative things, outlets in order to, you know, help myself heal. And that is a real form, you know, art therapy, music therapy, those things are actually really real. And I'm grateful that I was able to, you know, have this imagination to just like delve into these things on my own because I really didn't have the support and um, I didn't start therapy until I believe it was 2018 2018 yeah so that's when I started that but before that it was just you know doing the things I needed to do and then also doing what I had to do in order to survive Mm -hmm. and then you know working in things and uh, couch surfing with my friends you know um, because I, I live, I'm really grateful for uh, the friends and the network that I have. Because when I got kicked out, I 
you know, I didn't have anywhere to go. I was sleeping in my car for, I think like three days, which I'm grateful it was only three days because I don't know how anyone is homeless for that much longer. Yeah. It, it, it really is hard. Um, mm. And I was able to at least have a friend that I stayed with for four years wow. um, after another friend that I was there for a short period of time for a couple months. And then mm-hmm. I went to a different friend and that's where mm-hmm. I was there for the bulk of my time. And they really helped me heal the family dynamic thing. That's what mm. I learned about relationships and, you know, give and take and things like that. And, and actually love instead of like, you know, turbulence in the house every day. Mm. So I think that really helped me there and it helped me grow up a little bit more too, because I, I had another, I had more parental figures because I was living with her family, like sure, her mom so and dad. So, yeah. Yeah. so then you had somewhere that you could learn healthy modeled loving relationships that had a little bit more stability given you know your own family dynamics that were not you know necessarily the best for you at the time mm-hmm. mm. exactly it really helped me, uh, me grow there and I'm really grateful for them because yeah. if not I really don't know where I would be mm. I don't I really don't yeah yeah could you explain a little bit more to me like yeah what were the two dynamics that you were seeing between the family system that you were in with your friend and then the family system that you grew up with what do you feel like was the big difference between the two I think the huge difference was the presence of like love and connection Mm -hmm. and also uh, just like a, a sense of togetherness I think I just again that connection because the way that my family dynamic was in my own home was it it really did feel more of like everyone for themselves Mm. really it didn't really I don't know we didn't really do many things together and then we didn't really say I love you a lot and that really does like take a toll on a person because like especially if you have the love language of words of affirmation if you don't hear Mm. those things or or love language of touch, like I do, and you're not hugging a lot, you know, you just don't really feel close. Yeah. And yeah. then any problem that does happen just makes you feel more distant. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it wasn't that you felt maybe disconnected from your family and maybe not supported in the ways that you needed to be able to feel loved and feel close. Mm-hmm. And it, it was just, and, and really reading children of emotionally immature parents really did help me yes. it really did uh, afterward mm. because I had so many questions of why that were really like putting me through turmoil because Ooh. when you start asking the whys you can't get the answers from yourself and you're just ruminating yeah yeah so yeah <laughs> yeah of course right I, I am reading through that book I'm about like halfway now oh, yeah. I'm yeah I bought it and I was like wow this does this does really hit um mm-hmm. What, why questions do you feel like you were searching for at that time? It was a lot of like, why was I not good enough? You know, mm. why, why am I not, why am I not doing enough? You know, and even though I was doing all that I could, yeah. it was, it was more things that didn't have anything to do with me that I had the whys about. And it was really things that couldn't be answered by me. Mm. And I do think that book answered a lot of those questions. Um, and as of far as uh, why I didn't feel love because they they are not able to extend it yes. because they're not there, you know, mm-hmm. emotionally. Yes. Like they were stopped at a certain point um, because of what they have gone through. And because of that, there was nothing for me to get. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that they didn't love me. It just mm-hmm. means that they weren't able to, you know, extend it yeah. the way that I needed it. Mm-hmm. the security the feelings yeah I feel like that's the hardest part to hold that duality right of yes they love me or loved me and do love me right and they did not provide the love that I needed and deserved mm-hmm. and that's so hard to hold both of those things because they're almost you know conflicting at the same time like how could you actually love me and give me what you gave me that doesn't make any sense and so I think it takes like an extra level of emotional and cognitive ability and maturity that you have to be able to see both of those realities and acknowledge both of them, even though they do quote unquote conflict in some ways. Yes, they do. Yeah. Yeah. And even trying to heal now with the relationship that we have, um, trying to come back and slowly rebuild our relationship. I have to 
make sure I always check myself and understand that I'm still, I'm not going to be able to change them. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be able to get those things because Mm -hmm. they are where they are. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And you, and you mentioned it in the book talks about this, about when you go through your own, you know, difficulties in life and traumas that occur, there might be a, a blunting of your emotional development because you went through something that was really difficult. And so then that's where you stay in your level of emotional maturity, unless we can work past these things and, you know, get the support of community or therapy, whatever mode of healing you have, you kind of stay in that level of emotional maturity. And so, you know, whatever your parents through whatever my parents went through that kind of kept them in that space is the reason why they are. And I think it's so hard as the child of these people to have this difference in the power dynamic where we're supposed to be able to look up to our parents as the people that kind of have it more figured out. They've lived here longer. They should be guiding us with their wisdom. Yet here you are having to be the person that rises above that and looks at them and says, like, I recognize where you're at. I love you. I see that you love me. And I recognize all of this. Mm-hmm. Mm. From an emotional safe point right here. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And but and that power dynamic is not what it's supposed to be. Not that we not can where change we, it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not that we would like it to be. Yeah. <laughs> like- exactly. Being the more emotionally mature child of mm-hmm. as the book is emotionally immature parents. Mm-hmm. Cause like sometimes you want to be like, okay, I feel this way. What can I what should I do? What you know to them, but you can't. Yes. Yes. Or you just can't talk about certain things, which is, you know, hard because I'd like to have, you know, deep conversations about, you know, emotions with like my parents, but I know I wouldn't be able to do that. Mm, so yeah. I just want to touch that. Yeah, yep. exactly. And I think the beauty of that then is, right, you have such a deep emotional connection to yourself because you didn't have that support. You had to figure it out on your own. But the reality of that is there's probably, I would imagine, so much pain, so much feelings of loss, confusion. What am I supposed to do? Because we don't have that model in front of us to show us how to do this. We're just trying to figure out on our own. And I could imagine that creates a ton of instability. Yeah, it creates a ton of emotional insecurity yeah. at that point. Because it's like, Rocky, you don't really know how you feel, one because you just don't have the model of someone actually expressing their feelings rather than um, because that was a big thing. Uh, Mm -hmm. We didn't express our feelings. We expressed what happened. We just, you know, repeat things that happened, but it doesn't tell you how the other person felt or how you feel. Mm -hmm. So going into a relationship, that's a really hard thing to try to overcome because you know, you're, you're feeling all of these things, you know, you're upset, but you're not expressing it. Mm. so the other person's not aware of how you feel they just know that you're reacting a certain way or really upset with them and then saying things that may be not be nice and it doesn't really like help you guys grow so overcoming that is a really hard point that I'm still doing to this day like I have to just like take a step back okay how do I feel try to do that first Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah so it sounds like maybe your family dynamic they wouldn't communicate about how they were feeling. Instead, maybe they were reacting, doing different things, but there wasn't this open dialogue of, hey, this hurt me. This is causing me this. I'm scared about this. And this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. And without that level of communication, Mm -hmm. then you don't really understand where the other human is at, which is part of what it means to be in relationship with another person, right? Is to say, I see you fully. I see where you're at, but we can't see each other fully if we're not discussing where we're at up here in our head. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No emotional integrity, which I was learning about. Mm, yeah what is that you can't be honest about how you feel yeah emotional integrity yeah what do you mean by that yeah just being able to understand and know truly how you feel and be able to express how you feel truly yeah because of childhood neglect you know things like that the emotional neglect it really Mm -hmm. just a lot of things that you know affect you and take toll on you yeah being able to express and do those things Mm mm-hmm Which makes a ton of sense, right? If you've been in a scenario where when you tried to express your emotional integrity and how you were feeling, if someone, you know, abused you back for doing that, 
or used it against you or turned away from you and did not listen to you. All of those sort of things would have taught you that that is not a safe thing to do. When I open myself up to other people, I get hurt, I get punished. And so I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So fighting that. <laughs> Exactly. Is, uh, working toward growth. Oh, yeah. And that is such a process because every time you open up, you know, and start to do that, all of our past tells us this is going to hurt you. This is going to be bad, you know, and, and we want to recognize that and honor it that, yes, it, our, our mind, our body is trying to help us keep us safe because in the past, we have not been in situations where that has been a safe space. But then to acknowledge all that and still continue to open up and show up with the people that you're around and tell them how you're actually feeling. I feel like that is one of the bravest acts that we can do when you have been through so much trauma. And it also, I believe it brings people closer, being able to do that, be honest. And a lot of people are afraid to be vulnerable and do those things, see fault in it. But it just, it makes you, it, it, it makes you able to be more honest with yourself, which means that you're able to show up and be honest with other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they can be honest with you. Exactly. Exactly. And that shit's hard. Let's be honest, right? Like when you come up and say, hey, I'm scared. <laughs> hey, I'm annoyed. Hey, I'm this. Like that is not an easy level of conversation to have with another person, but they're is no alternative in my opinion right because the alternative is not communicating not connecting and it's going to break your intimacy and i feel like this this is the reality is that we have to show up to have these really difficult conversations Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then like if it doesn't go the way that you thought it should have or you want it to you have to know it's not you and you have to just Mm. be able to move on like they did they didn't want to extend Um, themselves like you did to them to be honest and create that relationship so that's that's it you Mm -hmm. can't really push for it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, exactly because people are always in their own world right and I love that you mentioned that not taking things personally when you had said that at the beginning that people are going through their own emotional history that is affecting the way that they're showing up in the space with you, right? And so at the end of the day, like, yes, there is our level of responsibility that, you know, I could say things that are hurtful and other things, but at its core, how the person responds is always going to be more of a reflection of them than it ever is of me. Mm-hmm. Yep. Self-awareness. Yes. Just all that. Yeah. And, and for you... I know you mentioned therapy being a really big way that you developed that self-awareness. And I also heard you talking about community being another way that you develop self-awareness. Do you feel like there's anything else that you was a really big, you know, player into you developing this? Because it sounds like you have a really deep sense of awareness of how you are feeling and what you want, which I think is beautiful. Oh, thank you. I try really hard at that. I'm not where I would like to be, but like, you know, it's all, it's a work in progress your whole life. Yes. And just even acknowledging that, that like, yeah, I want to get better. I think, yes, like that, this is such an emotional strength and maturity. I think this is the most, most like emotional mature thing you can say is like, I've learned a lot and I'm still learning and I'll probably learn until I die. So I just, I just want to take a moment to honor that in you, right? Like, you've 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 made it i think this is it like it's just that i'm growing every (laughs) day yeah Yeah. but you know what i mean like that's the answers we're gonna grow every day i'm gonna be 90 being like shit i'm still i'm still learning how to do this relationship thing right like (laughs) you've made it this is the spot yeah i think it's been therapy it's been others being honest with me Mm -hmm. um about how they feel and learning um to not be so reactionary to how other people's feel because of um, the things that I learned from growing up because that's what happened like they my parents or anyone they just would react to how I was feeling instead of like acknowledging how I was feeling and then having that conversation and then also like lots of books lots of like audiobooks uh I just I love audiobooks because I can I can do other things and then read at the same time Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so I do that a lot of personal development that's my section (laughs) because I I did learn a lot of these things on my own that I because I'm like I don't know what to do other than read Thich Nhat Hanh (laughs) yes yes I I love his stuff yeah I do I I love love that stuff I, I grew up Baptist but I really am leading toward Buddhism 
because it's just love-centered yeah mm-hmm. i love it because mm-hmm. like love should come first before we do anything before we act or think feel love yeah. first because yes. you're right we're all going through our own experience also interacting with what we've come from so yes that a lot of personal development books yeah i guess always yes. Yes. And I I think it's so important to stress too that, yeah, therapy is great, but we have to remember that's maybe what an hour a week, maybe you Uh go twice a week, two hours a week out Mm -hmm. of, you know, 24 hours a day times seven days a week. Like, you know, like there's so much, like you could go to therapy and never integrate that stuff and not see any of the change. I feel like you have to take these other, you know, levels of thinking about what you learned in there. And for you, it was doing audiobooks, other things, having conversation and learning and actually integrating and having that desire to understand yourself more. Mm-hmm. that actually allows you to get to this place like therapy is not a band-aid like it's almost just like you're open up the wound there and then you got to go in deeper on your own you know beyond that yeah. I know right I know it's not <laughs> that image I'm a very yeah. visual person so I'm like eh. yeah but, I mean they're a surgeon right there though and they're like hey 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 ah. if you touch that that's gonna kill you but over here we can, right you know yeah 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 it's just like school like if you go to school like and learn and do things there but you don't do any outside work on your own applying your knowledge then you're just gonna half of it's gone you know yes exactly exactly it's it's really doing that Mm -hmm. yeah find what you learn exactly right and doing that work which I think is I love the language you used of the journey right this is a journey I've there was a metaphor I um thought about where I I think I was always feeling like maybe life was a mountaintop where you'd get to this like peak of emotional understanding and be like, I got it. I figured it out. And now I'm like, yeah. good. Am I not the top? I see everything. But I think a better metaphor for it is thinking about it as an ocean. Like we are in this really big ocean and sometimes there's going to be really big waves. Sometimes there's small waves, but the more you're out there and the more you learn to be with the waves, the better you are at surfing. Right. And you can actually learn to have a little bit more fun when you get mm-hmm. those big waves compared to like, thinking that at some point we're going to hit like our peak emotional development. I, I really don't think that happens. Mm-hmm. I think you just, that get, is, yeah, that's a good uh, way to think about it. Like you can surf bigger you, waves. You <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Instead of, instead of being like trampled by the waves every time yes. when a big one comes, you can actually maneuver it. Yep. You know? I've surfed multiple small ones. I know what to do with this. We stay calm, right? We, we go with the flow here yeah. a little bit, but yeah, I think that. Exactly. Because emotions can be suffocating too, just like oh. the water. So, oh, oh yeah, we can drown. Water. We can drown in that ocean. It's big, yeah. right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how to surf yet. And it's I... salty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get that salt in your eyes. All of a sudden, you're uncomfortable. You're like, oh god, what is this? <laughs> the sunblock. There's the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. It's yeah. emotional baggage. <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> and it stings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, who knows? Maybe I'm 90. I'll be like, no, it's a mountain. But I think for now, my current perspective is that it's it's, it's an ocean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I, I keep all things open, you know, like life can shock me at any point. I could be a whole different person in 10 years. I am not above anything. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Mm. Technically, it'd be seven because yeah. our bodies completely changed, like our, our, our full set of cells in right. seven years. Exactly. So, exactly. Could be a whole and I'm coming up on seven years, so here we go. Ooh, I like that thought. Like every seven years, you could think about being like a whole different person. I mean, every single day we're a different person, right? Even when we first recorded, you know, a few, what, like months ago, like all these other experiences continually shape us. I think it's so hard when we're like, who am I as a person? It's like who you are is evolving every day. This conversation changes you. Mm -hmm. The conversation after that changes you. And and I hope to God so, right? Like I hope that I keep evolving as a human and never stay in the static rigid structure because at the end of the day like static is death that that literally is what we consider death to be no activity mm-hmm. we're fluid so exactly. like if you're not changing you're not moving you're not like, yeah like so. we're like 70 percent water or something i don't know some you know yes i'm like i don't know 90 percent. that's lettuce <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah then we're a cucumber <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah 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 and my dog would eat me <laughs> <laughs> yeah concerning <laughs> um yeah, I know you had mentioned too that 
when you first started therapy, one of the big things that's what was, it sounds like the precipice for going into that was the relationship with your partner and these dynamics coming up. Do you feel like you could Mm -hmm. explain a little bit more about, yeah, what were those dynamics that you were seeing? How did you come to this process of like, oh, I should go to therapy? Well, it was more of her coming to me Mm -hmm. um, because we were reaching a point where we were just fighting all the time and um, I was reacting all the time Mm. or she was getting hurt and I was, I was hurt and we just weren't going anywhere. We weren't doing the things that we needed to do. We weren't happy. And she, you know, suggested to me cause she was going to therapy herself, you know, mm-hmm. like already like for her own, you know, mental health and things like that. And I had never been to therapy before. And I, I heard a little bit about it. Um, only thing I really knew, you know, it wasn't really like a, a thing in my household. Like my sure. mom didn't really want to do it. So, Mm. but I was always open because I'm like open to try anything that will help because like, I don't want to be stuck. Mm -hmm. So um, I ended up finding someone and I think I was just like, I called the number on the back of my insurance card and then, you know, the the mental health number and then had the woman give me, like, send me like a huge list of like therapists. So I just, one started from the top, uh, found the women because that's what I'm comfortable with. And I uh, just went down the list calling and leaving messages. And the first person that got back to me was the first person I tried and I had been with her for a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of people, they get discouraged when they don't find a therapist they like the first time. You have to just, you really have to dig like to see who it is that you're comfortable you know, with. Yeah. So I want to say that, but I found someone that I was comfortable with at the time and um, I started working. Mm. That's what I did. Mm-hmm. And it really did help. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, as someone who's training in it, even within the field, I recognize how like there's such different perspectives on what is healing, what is sickness, what is growth, what is other thing, depending on who people are as a psychologist and what their beliefs are. So yeah, this process of finding a therapist that actually fits with you, I think is very tricky, right? You might meet a couple, they sometimes relate it to dating where they're like, you know, you meet a couple, it's not a match, whatever, but then you meet one and you feel great and you feel like you have that space and then it is so beautiful. So yes, like- mm-hmm. That is an important piece of this conversation, I think, to normalize that, yeah, it's a process of finding a good fit for you and who you are and who the therapist is and can be for you. Mm-hmm. And I also, I want to ask you, you know, your partner's coming to you and saying, hey, like I go to therapy. I think maybe you would benefit from going to therapy. Like how did that land on you at the time? Oh man, we were in a car. <laughs> we, oh. I think we, we were driving. It was nighttime. You know what it was? It was around the time of one of those, you know, those holidays like Father's Day or Mother's Day or something like that. One of the family holidays. Sure. Because when I was kicked out, I completely cut myself off from my family, my, you know, my nuclear family. Sure. Because uh, just to protect myself, because um, I was just I had reached a point, you know, where I was just like, I don't want to have to deal with this anymore. But it was really painful for me because when those things came up I'm a really sentimental person and I really like to like celebrate and I really attached to like my friends families and things like that and I would like celebrate with like their family or like bring flowers I used to bring flowers to like all of my friends moms Um, and every mother's day because they are a big integral part of like how I was able to develop um, who I am because Mm -hmm. i I needed that mother figure. And during that time of hiatus of not being with my own family, they really were able to care for me. So it was around one of those times. And when I, when those times came around, I would do the things, but then I also feel like a little empty and sad. Mm. And that would come out as like a, just like irritability or like shortness of my temper, you know, with my partner. So, you know, and things like that, especially feeling resentment and things like that, you know, mm-hmm. And it wasn't healthy and it was coming out and it was hurting her. And that's when she like had brought it to me. It was one of those times. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I just cried. I think I just like, it was cause it's hard to hear those things um, from somebody you care about and that you're hurting them because like anytime that happens and it's just like, it hurts me because the last thing I want to mm-hmm. do is like hurt you because I care about you so much. Right. And that's me. That's me being the one that's hurting you instead of like trying to help save you from someone else who's hurting so Mm. yeah I'm just thinking about that reality of yeah hearing that that I am the one hurting you Mm -hmm. I would imagine that 
everything in our defensive beings would be like, no, it's you. It's a situation. It's something else. It's not me. I'm, I'm just doing my best over here. It's not me. Yeah. To keep from doing that, you gotta, it, it's a hard look. It really is. Yeah. Cause like, uh, it, it really is trying to fight the reaction of like, no, you did this. And I, the reason that that happened is blah, blah, blah. Instead of like actually hearing them and trying to listen to what it is they're saying. And yeah. Okay. There's a problem here. Yeah. How did you hear that? Like that? I just, I'm, I'm so like, I'm so glad you did, but I'm just wanting to know, like, how did you sit with that? How did you come to actually see that and be like, yes, I'm going to work on this and I'm going to go do that instead of going into the opposite place, which some people do, I think is like, I'm so bad. I'm so horrible. Why are you even with me? I don't deserve you. Like, just leave me. Right. Like those are two Mm -hmm. different. And you took it, I think, in the growth perspective of like, yes, and I'm going to work on this, which I think is so beautiful. I wish I had that book near me. Um, it's, I think it's because like in the book that you say you're reading now, yeah, emotionally, yeah, immature parents. Yeah, um, it really touches on um the two different ways that the child can grow up dealing mm-hmm. with that imbalance of you know emotions and things like that. And there's one that acts and thinks externally, and one yes. that um is internal. And I'm one of those internal people that I'm just like, okay, what is it that I did? Like I'm thinking about the things that are my fault and things like that. And that's what pushes the journey to personal growth. Whereas if I were the other one that I'm thinking externally, like everybody's doing this to me, everything's happening to me. And I'm not that type of person, but my sister actually is, which is hard because like, um, we both had this, you know, grew up in the same household, but we yeah. grew up differently because of it. Sure. And, um, so because of that, um, I was always looking at myself. And also it made me super aware of other people's emotions because I was super aware of my trying to figure out what someone else is feeling. And like, it's like a blessing and a curse at the same time, because like, it's just, I'm hyper aware of everyone else and less aware of myself. Yeah. You have to really come into the self-awareness because like, I'm so aware of someone else that I'm not really thinking about what it is that I'm feeling and doing. So that's why- I was able to hear it and be like, okay, what do I need to do? Mm. I love that you mentioned that. Yeah. The internal versus the external, like it's almost like a locus of control, right? So the external being like, it's all the other things going on that make me the way that I am versus, versus having that internal sense of, oh yes, these things have happened and I have the choice and I have the power of how I want to respond to them which I think is huge, right? To always come back to what's within my power. Cause at, at the end of the day, there's going to be horrible atrocities in our life that are constantly outside of our power. I mean, even just thinking about natural disasters, right? People are hit with things that are just horrible, horrendous, and that is outside of our control all the time. But like, how can we come back to what is within our control? Because that's where our power and our freedom lies is to focus there on what we can do, which in my opinion, is constantly learn towards ourself and learn about growth and how can we better be in relationship with ourselves so that we can be better in relationship with others. Mm-hmm. And I, I know you mentioned also like the piece about um, being so constantly aware of other people's states. And I remember the book was talking about that that frequently happens when your parent figures can be so emotionally dysregulated that for your own safety mechanism, which wants stability, you would look to them and try to be reading their emotions so you could learn how to respond because that was how we could stay safe. So then, yeah, Mm -hmm. you've developed that, you know, and me developed that very strong sense of being able to read people because if you didn't read it properly, it could result in something that was devastating. Mm-hmm. darn defense mechanisms <laughs> I know. but what a, and, and yes and that's my biggest thing i've been trying to like get out of the butt right it's like yes those darn mis- uh, mechanisms of defense there and i like to think it's a beautiful gift right like that shit was horrible we deserve better at the same time like i could imagine that that skill serves you in your relationships with other people <clears throat> that's why i say it's a blessing and a curse because yep. like when you're with someone who is able to communicate that then if you're reading every single thing that they are doing then 
you're um, one going to drive them crazy yep. because they can't do anything. Yep. Which I'm doing to my fiance. Um, <laughs> Why'd you slam that though? Yeah. They'll be slamming things, you know, <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's just trying to find that balance of, okay, they already told me they're upset. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know? Um, yep. Yep. I've got a post-it note. It says, be around people that you can trust to mean what they say and know when to speak. Um, I feel like that was one of the biggest things I think when I think about relationships is it's so, so important to be around someone that you know will speak when they need to and tell you when something's up and that they will be honest. Because yeah, otherwise our brains, especially if you're a creative person like me, can think of a million different scenarios of what that slam door meant, right? But that's the beauty of having a super solid relationship and someone that you know will be vulnerable. You can come to them and say, hey, story I'm telling myself is that you slammed that door because you're mad at me. Can I just ask what's going on? (laughs) And they can come back and be like, no, I'm just frustrated because I had a hard day or something, right? And we have to be able to trust that because we know they're being honest. Mm -hmm. And if we can't trust them, then yeah, our brain's just going to. Yep. Yeah. Mechanize something. (laughs) <laughs> crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then and then at that point, then we turn it in on ourselves, and you're like, what did I do? Did I do something wrong? Yada, yada, yada. And it's like, yeah, this is to me, in my opinion, why I think it's so, so valuable to make sure that your relationships are open and able to have this level of conversation. Because otherwise, I don't, I don't know how people don't like fall apart internally, mentally, honestly, <laughs> you know, <laughs> a lot of work, a lot of work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a lot of uh... All of making sure you know you keep yourself in check. Mm, yeah, I'm just I just want to pause and say that your journey sounds like one of such deep self understanding. I think it comes with a lot of being faced with things and then having to overcome it because mm-hmm. it just and it just keeps coming. You know, like life doesn't <laughs> stop. It just Those it just keeps coming. Keep coming. Just, Damn, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just like one bigger than the other. And then because I was talking with uh, my fiance, because I have this huge center of hope that I just really don't know where it comes from. I just don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm grateful for it because I'm able to just keep pressing on Mm -hmm. because a a lot of times it's just things just like I want to be done now. (laughs) But like I, I have such, I don't know, from such a young age, I've just had such drive to just live Mm. I just want to live and just like you know be alive even if like things suck and then I don't and I really don't want to like be here I still want to be here and but be somewhere else like it's it's just that and I try to share that as much as I can with everyone else because some people don't have that center some people have none and I want to be a a beacon of hope because Mm there's just so much to be hopeful for and there's so much that will make you feel hopeless and mm-hmm. i i just i don't want someone to be stuck there yeah definitely there's just so much that we can be grateful for mm-hmm. even um when i came up i think it was just a couple of years ago i i i have a lung disease like it just came out of nowhere that's another thing that just like happened and back to me mm-hmm. but it it really i think it came from well, learning now after so much like living through it and stuff, I think it has to do with like the tension I kept in my body from like all the things that happened because uh, that's another book. The body keeps the score. <laughs> Just like that's a hard I one to love read. Love that book. Yeah, <laughs> it, it. it really is hard. So like it, it's uh, one you have to read and take breaks from. I know from my own experience because like it'll put you in a, a mind state that you need to like meditate and relax from. Yeah. But your body really does hold on to the things that have happened to you, whether it be mm. abuse of any kind, you know, uh, yeah. the trauma that you've gone through with growing up or just the adverse interactions you've had with anything mm. um, that altered you emotionally, mentally, that you weren't able to, you know, just like what do you process so sure. that it's yeah. going to become something that you deal mm-hmm. with. Yeah. So I had a problem. It's a lung disease that happened because I think as a defense mechanism, I wasn't breathing. Like I was holding my breath mm. and I really became aware of like the tension that I hold in my body when I started going to school for music mm. because I, I'm a singer and I have a vocal teacher, a vocal coach. And she's like, oh, what are you doing with your shoulders? Wait, why are you holding your stomach like that? 
Like, he's like, what are you doing? So it's another therapist of a, you know, kind, you know? It is. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And um, so to, in order to do this well, and like, I like to do things well, if I want to do them, mm-hmm. even though it is okay to do things just because you like them. Yes. And you yes. can be terrible at them. Yes. That is a thing. Mm-hmm. I was, I watched a reel where someone was, you know, gardening and it was going terribly, but I'm just like, yeah, you're right. You can't do that. And it sucks. Yep. I would hate to kill the plants, but yes. <laughs> just do it because you like it. Mm-hmm. Brings you joy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that that's what I was learning. I was learning, oh, I'm holding tension in a lot of places. My jaw, yeah. my shoulders, mm-hmm. everything that it would make it hard to sing. So as I grew and progressed and learned to sing, learned to relax, learned to breathe. Yeah. So when the stress was happening in my life around like recitals and, work, and school and work, I think that's where it came along because I'm just like, okay, what's, why am I not able to breathe? Like I wasn't able to like do a flight of stairs without being out of breath. And like, as it progressed, I wasn't able to go from the bed to the bathroom, which was like three feet away. If that. Yeah. Wow. So, um, after like tests and tests, they don't know where it's coming from. They don't know, um, what's happening. There's just scarring, you know, things like that. There were no answers, which can lead, you know, so anyone to, feel hopeless like okay Mm -hmm. there's no answer I'm never gonna like this is gonna because like I can't I'm still on steroids um, because it's the only thing that keeps it down but the inflammation so that I can breathe yeah but I'm still like happy that I'm able to do the things I need to do even if I have to be on this Mm. this medication because I if I weren't able to do the things I need to do that's why I'm really gonna like be sad and I'm really gonna be depressed because that's what happens when I'm not able to express myself yeah but that's what I learned from going to music school, uh, holding that tension and it ca- and it probably caused my lung disease mm. because I was probably holding it before. And that's the way my body kept the score was when I get stressed, I tense up and I'm not breathing. I'm not, you know, relaxed, doing the things that keep my body from locking up. It's, yeah, yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. And what a beautiful teacher that you had to be able to help you see that, right? To help you build that mind-body connection to recognize, oh yeah, I am holding tension here in my shoulders and and here and here. And this is how I can relax and then have, you know, a calmer mind and body and reach that healing. And I'm I'm just thinking about the lack of control in that situation of where are the answers, what's going on with me. And it's almost like your body is betraying you when you're trying to keep it healthy. Right. And recognizing that that another thing, another atrocity that is outside of our control, right. Is like having that lung disease for you. That is so hard to come to terms with, but I love that you have taken such a, a strength-based approach to it, right. Of recognizing what is within your control and what is the beauty and light that you can bring from this. I know you said that too, that you want to be that light. And I just want to say you are in the way that you carry yourself, the way that you speak about your experience, right. I was journaling this morning and you were talking about the ups and the downs of life. And I, I truly think that we are such adaptive creatures, right? As humans. And I think that if we were in a constant state of happiness, that we would eventually not even realize it, right? Kind of like the, we just habituate to anything. And I mean, and even think about like where, where I'm at right now, right? So, so I'm in an apartment that I have the money for, that I had the money to buy my food, to wear a dress that I love, to have a pet that I love, to be building a career, to be able to see, hear all these beautiful things that I have in my life that I just, I take for granted every single day. And I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I honestly believe that like, right? Like this is the reality is that as humans, we habituate and we get comfortable with whatever settings we're in. So I think if we were in a constant state of happiness that we wouldn't even recognize it and we'd get bored. We'd be like, yeah, so what's new now, right? I think part of life is the contrast, right? Is the joy and the pain. And I think it, it adds contrast to our life. It adds colors, maybe some dark, sad blue colors, right? But like that is a part of the whole color spectrum. We don't want to just like cut off part of it. And it shows mm-hmm. you how much you love the other side, right? And I think that's part of what it means to be living, right? You said you want to live. And I, in, in my opinion, I don't know how you feel, but I think that that is what it means to be living, to see both because this world is not all happy butterflies and rainbows, right? There's real pain, real death, real loss, real atrocities. And I, so in my opinion, living is seeing both. Because mm-hmm. if you're just living, I don't know, I, I really can't imagine it because 
it, it brings so much more meaning to the things that do bring you joy and happiness from where you have come from. Like a, me couch serving to finally being able to have an apartment, a yes. place that I can call home because actually for a long time, I didn't have a place that I called home. Mm, like it was, it was, I lived places. Yes. I didn't have like a, a actual home, but I had to find home in myself. Yeah. So being here, I just, I love to, <laughs> I drive my fiance nuts because I'm always <laughs> changing everything. Yeah. It's like, oh, we can do this now. Let's, let's switch up this. And like, I'm always changing the apartment around. So it's never really like super clean, but <laughs> Um, I just, I like the, I like, um, I have the imagination that's just like, okay, well, if I put this here, then I put that there and then, then it's like a puzzle, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but I get mm-hmm. to do that, which mm. is what I'm excited about, which, which is what I'm joyful about that I can do that actually. Yes. Yes. yes that reframe towards gratitude. And I mm-hmm. think toxic positivity pisses me off, right? Like we don't ever want to just be like, yeah, everything's happy and rainbows. We've had real shit happen to us, right? Like, so, and that being said, there's also so much gratitude and contrast to seeing, yeah, the beauty of this apartment that you have now, right? This home that you get to build and craft, like how exciting, how delightful knowing from your history now that you're building a family. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Do you know about the the decorative living room? <laughs> the, the one you can't sit in? Oh. Maybe it's cultural. Uh, but oh, the decorative um, in living some families, room. There's just yeah. Yes. Yeah. The one you can't, it's just like it's uh there to be nice looking and then nobody <laughs> sit on the couch. Like I don't yeah. I don't want that. I don't want no. that. Uh, I, anything that I want that everything that anything that I have, if it's something, it's multi-use. Mm. We're gonna use it for everything. Um, it's got a purpose. And if not, we got to get rid of it because at first I had this mindset of just collecting things and that came from like scarcity to mindset. Okay. I'm going to need it. But like, I am coming to terms with like, if I need it, I will get it when I need it. Mm -hmm. Don't hold on to things because it's just creating clutter, which is terrible Yeah, for your mind thinking. (laughs) I feel that though. And like honoring that scarcity, right. Um, where you're, you're worried, at least in my past, I've had things where like, there's been a lot of financial instability. So then you're like, I want to hold on to this stuff because what if I need it at some point? But yeah, it ends up creating yeah. more clutter because then you're just like in this scarcity mindset, you know, mindset, you know, your shoulders are hunched. I have to hold, have to hold, have to hold versus yeah. breathing into it and saying, I have everything that I need right now so I can let this go. And I feel like that also resonates with what you said earlier about your value system wanting to live. Like, what's the point of the couch if you're not living on it? Like, what is the point, right? Like, it seems like that's in line with your value system of if I have this, it's going to be lived and it's going to be used. Mm-hmm. And I, I love like, I have to stay out of thrift stores. I really do. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hey, that's not a bad place there. to have a problem with. It's not a bad place. I love that place. <laughs> but like, I can't. Yeah. Just coming home with stuff because I just love items. First of all, because I don't, I don't like to buy new. Yes. Because yep. I'm just like, ah. The environments. I don't yeah. need it new. Nope. It's not going to be different. It's just going to, let me give it another home type mm-hmm. thing. And most of the time, those things are loved. And I like uh, antique things. I like things that are just have, I'm sorry, you know, like, yeah. I, I don't know. I just, I can't do the, I don't know. I think it's it's great. I think that's great, right? We have made so much in this world. There is enough that we could probably never buy new again in terms of like material goods, like clothes, pillows, all sorts of like sorts of stuff, right? Like, yeah, this dress is like a vintage dress. And I love that it was like made by some other human, right? And like crafted and and has all of this history to it. And like, yeah, where did someone else wear this? What sort of energy did they have? And I think that's part of the fun, right? Is finding stuff. And yeah, you're, I'm with you on the thrifting. It's like treasure hunting every day. it can be very dangerous yes. though because then you're like oh this is a treasure yeah. and so is that <laughs> I will take both it's all treasure <laughs> yeah, exactly. like, I can't but can't fit it all in my car <laughs> yeah but like in terms of like if that's our term like sense of pleasure like that that's there's way worse things that we could be doing with our time and that we're investing in something yeah. that is reusing items which I think is great have to um go through the uh if you want to bring one in you get a little one yes go. that's exactly <laughs> what I've been thinking it's like ah you need enough you want another dress you must sell one first I'm like oh. mm-hmm. so yeah Poshmark is also a hard place to stay out of <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 I feel that well I want to be conscious too of our time together I know I want to ask 
Is there, I know it flies by, it's crazy. Is there anything that you felt like maybe we didn't touch on today that you really wanted to say? Hmm. I think, I don't really think there's anything lingering. Um, I just want people to know that like, it doesn't make you, like things that happen to you don't make who you are. It's Mm -hmm. how you learn from them. Like when I see something or something happens to me that is not like something that, you know, I, I necessarily want for my life. I just see what, what I can make of it, mm-hmm. what, what I can do with this experience to help me grow, always be willing to grow from something. Yes. yes. Take it, everything with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we are not defined by our actions. We are not defined by the things that have happened to us, I think we're defined every single day by how we show up and how we move forward from our past, right? At least in my opinion, I think every day you are who you are in that moment and you could completely change from it with enough intensity and focus. I think we're constantly evolving exactly what you said as fluid before. Like these are pieces of our story that are floating in our own cosmos and we get to choose how, what meaning are you going to make of that? And how are you going to use all of these experiences to craft you forward? That is always within our control. Mm-hmm. And you use all of your experiences to craft who you are and what you want to do with your life, mm-hmm. finding your purpose. Yes. It just helps you Um, from the things that I've been through, my whole center has always been helping people, Mm -hmm. just helping others live. That's why um, I'm on my way to becoming a life coach, nutrition. I I do like cooking and stuff because what we eat is a big part of like how we are and who we are. So yeah, it's just, so it helps you come back to find like, okay, what is it that makes me happy? Mm -hmm. What am I always trying to do? Even to my own detriment of others. Yes. Yes. So Find out what it is that you do that you love to do that can help others. Yeah, such a delight to get to share space with you and and (laughs) feel your light and feel your passion for love and for healing. I think it's very palpable. Mm. Thank you. I love talking to you too. It's it's easy to talk to you. Good, good. I just saw more of that cat though. (laughs) I know. She's, um, if I could show you. She's making a crescent moon. I know she's adorable. I love, I love that. I love that little furry thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the one closing question I do ask everyone on the podcast is, "What is one thing that you wish other people knew was more normal?" I think it's just uh, normalize being who you are. Just be who you are and say what you need to say as it pertains to how you feel. You know, let people know who you are. Yeah. I think I'm thinking about John Mayer's song, like, say what you need to say. <laughs> oh, yeah. I like that song. I cannot sing for the life of me, but I'm like, right when you said that, I was like, yeah, say what you need to say. Yeah. It's okay. I'll get you with the back of vocals. Yeah, um, yeah, please do. <laughs> Did this happen last time? I'm having, like, crazy deja vu. Did you sing last time? And then- uh, probably not. Um, I have oh, my yet goodness. to sing because I am not a singer. So, I'm still, I mean everyone can be a singer that's yeah you true. can you can do it that's true it doesn't always have to be good but like that's you know everyone... the difference yeah <laughs> yes I try to save the ears of the the podcast community and world but I, I think yeah Some might like it yeah that's true it's relative right that is true yeah I, but I think what you said is so is so meaningful there is so much power in showing up for who you are the the scared parts, the brave parts, all of those parts and being able to come to other people and show that and be your whole self. I think that's how you build some of the best relationships in this life. And that's how you live exactly what you said before. Living is like showing up fully, even when it's scary. That's what it means to live. And it's representation and lets other people be themselves. Yeah. Hold so space they for see that. It. Yeah. And it's okay. Yes. It's like, we're not going anywhere. Just just be yourself. (laughs) Yes. That's the hard part. Yes, it is. It is. Well, I really appreciate you sharing your story and all of the pieces that, you know, that have made up your journey of becoming the very um, strong person that you are today that knows herself deeply. I think it's so beautiful. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's it's, it's a journey, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not easy all the time. 
No, certainly not one Ain't. step at a time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're um, one more touching Han book at a time. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. Oh, but like, I think it's really easy to listen to those things actually though, because like, it's just, that one's so love focused. That it is. Yeah. It's yeah. just, it's easy to flow. easy like honey, you know, thick mm-hmm. with a uh, knowledge. Anytime I listen to one, I just, I want to go love a person. Exactly. And then, exactly. then I meet an introvert and they're just like, leave me alone. I'm like, oh yeah. You're <laughs> I see you and your energy. I value it. Yeah. Yeah. I remember you asked me about um, a podcast I like to listen to last time. Yeah. And I, I never sent it to you and it's called Good Mornings with Nikki. I think it's called. Yeah. I'll write it down. But it's with Nikki Curly. Good okay. Mornings. Yeah. Is there anywhere else you want to plug to for yourself and your own work or anything else? Yes. So I created a, a cooking account for, um, cause I have a personal chef business and I like to um, help people with, you know, nutrition and hacks and things like that for easy, more um, accessible way to cook fast and healthily. Uh-huh. So, and storing, especially cause that helps you save money and um, keep from wasting things. Cause I yes. don't like waste. Yeah. So that one is everybody to the table and that on Instagram. Um, I also have a Facebook page that is under eloquent eats okay. um because that's the name of the business mm-hmm. and then i have a home channel which is honey home and living and then i just like dump like anytime i do like something crafty with <laughs> like switching things around in the house sure. or like something creating spaces because i love create spaces yes um, where people can live and be comfortable i love making everyone comfortable my normal channel which is just like me which is muse ish and then i have um a podcast coming soon Super yeah. exciting hell yeah <laughs> and um possibly a blog so that's still working all of those but um i got those a lot of good stuff coming yeah just, yeah just to make living easy yeah i'm excited for you i'm excited for your podcast i'm excited for all this growth and journey that you're on it sounds like you have a lot of big ideas which is really exciting Oh, yeah, I got a notebook just to dump them all. Hell and you yeah. need that. Everybody needs a journal If you enjoyed today's episode, then leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you're a part of the Anarchist community, then follow us on Instagram or nominate a guest for the show by sending in a letter to modernanarchypodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, I'll see you next week. <laughs>